The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law laid sick with a fever. They immediately told, her about, told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, everyone is looking for you. He told them, let us go on to the nearby villages that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. I'm not certain, but I'm willing to bet that most of you have had this experience in your life. I, uh, I don't know your hearts. I know our Lord knows your hearts, but I'm willing to bet that in some way, shape, or form, you may have had this experience in your hearts where your hearts in some way, the, the Holy Spirit's moving in your heart and makes your heart kind of have an experience like the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And what I'm talking about is when you find yourself, maybe it's a loved one you know, or maybe it's your profession. You're a nurse or a doctor, or you're someone on administration in a hospital, and you find yourself going to a hospital, and you go walking in there, and you just have this, this overwhelming sense of everyone in that hospital needing healing. And not just the person that may be sick on the ICU floor or maybe the child in another section of the hospital, but also the nurses and the doctors and administrators, maybe because of their stress or the challenges in that type of environment. Just kind of have that moment where like, you know what? How can you do it? How, how's it possible to heal everybody? I know this... Uh, Past week I had daily mass and it was so beautiful to see a parishioner of ours who's a longtime friend of this, this couple. And you know, they've been 40 some years in the parish. And after daily mass, he was just waking, waiting outside after daily mass. So I came out on, on, on Tuesday and I had my game plan in my head. I knew what I was going to next. I was gonna do this and that and that and have my structure and all my appointments, all I wanted to do. And sometimes in the life of the priest, this is the way it goes. It's the way it goes. The Holy Spirit just throws a curveball. And he comes up to me with a handwritten note with just enough information to say, hey, so-and-so's in the hospital, got a surgery at one, can you go? Can you go? That's where you just flush everything in your day and say, yeah. So it's so beautiful just to walk in the hospital and go and it was just him, his spouse was away at the time, family were coming in 
and have this one-on-one and to have four or five thank yous as you ministered all the sacraments, as you carried Jesus close to your heart in the Eucharist to him to be able to receive that and to be able to say, you know what? You've spent your whole life coming to see Jesus in his house at church. Isn't it amazing how he calls me as a donkey to carry him to come to you? He comes to us in our need. Or maybe you had experience, maybe not so much like that, but maybe you just find yourself, you've had a pretty good day. It was a good day at a traffic light and you look over to your left and your right and you see someone really kind of, you can just see it on their face. You can see it in the way they're talking on the phone and just the frustration and the hurt and it's so palpable. And you can see it and you can say, that person is hurting and you're not judging them on what, what may be going on in their life, but it's so easy to see that they're hurting and you're like this desire to want to reach out and heal them or, or to pray for them or something. You, you, you offer this prayer for that person. You realize you can't do it. But you feel that pull of the heart. You know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the living word of God this weekend, what really stood out to me, I don't know if it's what may stand out to you, but the Holy Spirit, I, I look for little gold nuggets. What do you want to tell me? What do we need to hear? What do I need to hear? A lot of time I'm standing up here and it's like, yeah, Father's up here preaching to us. Oh, thanks, Father, great talk, whatever. It's like, listen, it's, it's, if anything good comes out of it, because half times as a priest you come and you're tired and you're like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what, Lord, you got to do it. Work through me because he knows you and the strengths come from seeing you, knowing how much God loves you and has a message for you. So Holy Spirit, let the fire fall. Say what you want to say to the hearts that you're drawing to you today. And what came to me in the gospel was this. Everyone is looking for you. Everyone is looking for you. That was what Simon, James, and John did. They were pursuing Christ after being up all night healing people. But let's unpack that a little bit, my brothers and sisters in Christ, to know the divine doctor, to know Jesus and the healing he wants to offer to the whole world through you and through me. So last week they were in the synagogue and it's amazing that one of the first castings out of the demons in Mark chapter one, which it is, one of the first casting outs of the demon was in the synagogue, the place of worship where the demons really want to attack and they want to slow us down and create this fear and doubt are those who are trying to get close to God. And so Jesus rebuked them last week, sent them out, and everybody was in awe. The gospel of today continues. Jesus left the synagogue and went to the home of Peter's mother-in-law. You know, when you leave the church this afternoon, this, well, yeah, it could be this afternoon with the preaching. <laughs> Two hours, let's go. No, I won't do that to you. We've got 11 o'clock. Um, but when you leave the doors there, literally that home, Peter, mother, mother-in-law home, was literally across the street where the ministry building is, that close to the synagogue. 
And then when you're in Peter's home, you could throw a stone and it would land in the Sea of Galilee, in the home of his mother-in-law. So what happened? They went in there and it said this, this is very important. It said, Peter's mother-in-law had a fever and they told him about her. I'm willing to bet because it says, and I'm going all over the map with scripture because that's when we know Jesus. In John chapter two, in John chapter two at the wedding feast of Cana, it says he does his first sign, his first miracle. That's a different gospel, but this is Mark's gospel. And Jesus works the miracle of healing it. Maybe, just maybe, those apostles learned from Mary how to ask Jesus for something. Mary just presented the need. They have no wine, period. Not, they have no wine, it's their wedding, can you do this, can you do this, a little more wine, maybe a little here, Jesus, and telling them everything what to do. But no, here's the need, they have no wine. So the apostles walk into the home of Peter's mother-in-law, sees the fever, go to Jesus. Jesus, she's got a fever. Not, Jesus, she's got a fever, and we're gonna go hungry if you don't cure her, so please cure her so we can have our fried chicken and french fries and all that stuff, right? That's what they ate back then, right? Fried chicken, french fries, and donuts? Maybe, okay, got the little ones now. No, it was, she's got a fever. What did Jesus do? He came up, touched her, lifted her up, and the fever went away. Then it said, another key point, my brothers and sisters in Christ, they went out. Who's the they? The apostles. Jesus sent them out. After witnessing out, they went out into the streets, into the byway, and Jesus sat in the doorway all night long, and what? They brought the ill. They brought those possessed with demons to Jesus, and he healed them and cast out the demons. He stayed there all night long. You know, there's no doubt in my mind that Jesus Christ, because the gospel acclamation sung, said it, Isaiah, the prophet, said it. Our illnesses, he took upon himself. Our diseases, he bore. By his wounds, we've been healed. Imagine Jesus sitting there all night long after having taken that fever, sweating with that fever, feeling the fever, Taking the hemorrhage, taking the broken leg, taking all the hurt that's in there upon himself, feeling it, feeling it as a preparation for his going to the cross. We go to the gym during the week to get a workout, to get ready to stay. Jesus, his whole life, that public ministry was preparing his apostles and disciples for the scandal of the cross and preparing his sacred heart to say yes to his father in the garden of Gethsemane where he sweat blood. Daddy, if it's possible, let this cup pass, but not my will, yours be done. And he sweat blood. Bore our illnesses took upon himself our diseases. He knows us. And not just those who walked in his time, us today, because our God is the God of the present. The present moment, Jesus knows you. Jesus loves you and Jesus comes into this moment to heal you so what? We can go out and heal others. 
You know, yesterday in the morning, I got up early and went up to the confirmation retreat and there's 120 students preparing for confirmation and there's 180 total who are there. And you walk in the room and I walked in there with three other priests who came in for other, other angers, Father Rudolph, Father Ernest, Father Joseph from up in Greensboro. We came in and all the priests were like, dang, look at all these young people. And we sat there for two hours in confession. Sat there for two hours in confession. Bringing the healing of Christ to those young souls. Then it came time for just before mass and the Holy Spirit put it on my heart, show them the third episode of The Chosen. Those of you who've seen The Chosen know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm not getting weird on you. But if you haven't watched The Chosen, watch The Chosen, because The Chosen gives you kind of, it's somebody's reflection on the person of Jesus Christ and how he was and how he acted. Did it happen that way? I don't know, but it'll move you. And so in the third episode, there's this part where we showed him the video before mass, right? We had the capability in the conference room where little James comes up with his staff and he was little and he was hobbling and he was much slower than the rest of the apostles. And he has a one-on-one encounter with Jesus. And he says to Jesus, you're sending us out to heal other people? You're sending me out to heal other people? And Jesus says, yes. He says, but you're sending me out and I need healing. Can't walk. And Jesus looked at him with love and says, little James, do you want to be healed? And he says, yes, I want to be healed. And she said, I can, I can do that. The Father and I can do that. And you know, there's a lot of people out there needing healing. But if I heal 12 people, it'll be a great sign. It'll be something wonderful. People get excited for a moment, but then it'll just kind of go away. But if I take you, James, little James, in your weakness, in your brokenness, and I take you and you go out there and you become an instrument of my healing, and you start healing people, that's something that will baffle people. They won't understand it. Then he goes on and says, James, the healing will come for you in heaven, in the next life. I can't wait to hear, James, when you go out and heal people, I can't wait to hear your stories when you come back. Then what did little James say? He said, but I'm not as fast as the others. My presentation is not as good as the others. And Jesus looks at him with love and says, little James, do you think it's easy to deal with Simon's temper? He goes, I'll work through you. I'll work through your weakness. Just like St. Paul in that second reading, I became weak for those who are weak so that through my weakness, Christ's work may be done. God wants to work through us. 
Because everyone is looking for him. Everyone's looking for Jesus. Here's the reality. It's a fact. What I can do, you can't do. But what you can do, I can't do. The healing that you can bring into the world, the way in which each and every one of you can do it, I can't do it in the way I can do it, you can't do it. But imagine what we can do together. There's people out there hurting and they need healing. How might I, like those first apostles, be the one who goes out to my place of work and through a kind word or a smile live in a way that causes people to question why are you the way you are? How can I go to my school and my teens and be different in a way that people question why are you the way that you are? How can I go to my neighborhoods and the places that I, that I go to within the community so that people see that the way we live and it draws them to the healer? People will see the way they, that we live and they'll be drawn to that. See how those Christians love one another. And when the opportunity presents, do not be afraid to say, I'd like to introduce you to Jesus. Doesn't mean go stand on a box in the middle of the street and beat a Bible, but you may have that one-on-one -on -one moment over a meal where someone's opening their heart, showing you their wounds, and you can say, hey, I know where real healing is. Come and you will see, because Jesus wants to work through you and through me. Everyone is looking for Jesus.